everyone. Welcome back to a new season of Two Brothers, One Mike. This is season six, episode one. And today we're going to be talking about heart rates, everything that's important about them, why you want to know what yours is. But of course, my brother, Coach Tony is here. Tony, how's it going? Great. My heart rate's elevated. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, right out of the get-go, folks, right out of the get-go, today was a, a trying, a trying uh, set of circumstances, uh, raising our heart rates, well, mine, anyway, uh, as we, it, it's, it's amazing. The Wi-Fi goes out right when it's time to do something that we feel is extremely important. I know this happens a lot. I hear people always talk about this show where, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, getting ready to take an online exam. You know, people who do like online college courses and sure. Wi-Fi is out. Yeah. Let's work on that. Wi-Fi people. Uh, <laughs> this happens a lot. L- listen, in the four years that I've been here, uh, and my roommate will tell you this, um, this is at least the 10th or 11th time that the Wi-Fi has gone out and it happened to him, but he, he has his master's degree and it happened to him while he was taking, uh, an online examination. Uh, so, I mean, the, let's get it together out there. Why well, land? I think we're past the, the glitches though. I mean, ridiculous sometimes. At, at least we're in a place now where it, it turned into a teachable moment for us. Right. And so one of the things we're, we're sitting here and it's like, wow, you know, we never really considered this when we got into doing video. What happens if the Wi-Fi goes out and we have a guest on and, and, and it'd be, you know, some big name guest or what have you, how do you get around? And so we found a quick workaround. Um, and, and I, and I don't think, I, I think people would, would, uh, uh, give us a little bit of grace on the way that it, it would have worked out. Um, so it was a teachable moment to say the least. Jeff, uh, let me ask you a question. Everything you just said about having a guest on, did it record? I, I hope. Okay, because uh, you literally froze. While um, I think we're still having glitch moments here up in Lansing. So, so the Wi-Fi is still sketchy. We we won't know how this turns out till the end of the show. But typically, because it's recording on my computer, we should be we should be fine. It's amazing, truly amazing. Yeah, truly uh, is an experience. All about the journey, folks. Take my heart rate right now. Find out where it's at. <laughs> This is this is absolutely incredible. So I'll tell you what, Tony. Uh, let's let's dive right in. Then, uh, since we're on the topic of my as well, right? And, and that's that's yeah. So maybe let's start with. I think maybe if we start with like why something like this is important. Uh, maybe you know I know you, you you're not going to go into great details at this point in the show, but why it's important, and maybe throw in the definition. I mean. We have a general idea of what heart rate is, but maybe there's something a little bit more to it, and you could talk more on that. Well, we're and listen throughout the show. We're going to touch on why it's so important, but but let me let me say this first to everybody out there. Uh, you know, we've worked on talking to a cardiologist who would come on the show to talk about this with us. I've talked to several, um, and for some reason, they're one of the more difficult uh, medical field specialists to get on our show. There's a lot of there's a lot of concern uh, with coming on to a podcast and being able to talk about something 
Um, I know a lot of times that their particular organization that they work for, whatever, whether it's one hospital, whether it's a group of hospitals, whether it's their, their particular, you know, cardiology in general, I, I don't get it to be honest with you, because all we want to do is talk about resting heart rate and maximum, you know, maximum heart rate and target heart rate. Uh, so it's, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Joe, it's very, um, it, it, it's, uh, it's irritating. frustrating. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. We're just looking for some general, some yeah. general, you know, uh, 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 information here. It's not like we're asking for them to uh, diagnose anything <laughs> online. But right. okay, you know, I understand. I know yeah. sometimes they say it's the policy of of whatever uh, uh, the institution uh, there. Yeah, they're the institute yeah. that they're established yeah. with. It. it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it would yeah. be nice. It would be nice for sure. But I think Sooner there's a lot. There, there, there's some things here though that I think that that you are beyond qualified to 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 at least give that general information about as well. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to talk strictly today from an exercise standpoint because that is, I mean, the the heart is important for several reasons. Uh, from that standpoint, there may be some questions you ask me, Joe, that I cannot answer, um, and that's where a cardiologist comes into play because I've never played one on TV, uh, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night. So I can't answer any questions when it comes to heart disease or surgical procedures that are done on the heart uh, for whatever reason. We're going to talk about these particular types of heart rates and what they do for us and why it's so important. We just had a show that we did when it comes to heart rate. We talked about exercise and why it shouldn't be looked at as as a weight loss measure but we talked about six different factors right when it came to what exercise was important about and heart rate was one of them and the muscles that surround the heart and the contraction uh that the heart you know when a heart beats so i think what you asked was maybe just give a generalization uh in the beginning here so people understand what it is we're going to be talking about today listen heart rate is something very simple you could just break it down as simple as this However many times your heart contracts, beats, every 60 seconds per minute. That's how, that's what it is. So, Joe, if you were to take your heart rate, and we'll talk about throughout the show the different devices or, or, or the simple way manually that you could take your heart rate, and you come up with the number 84, then that's your heart rate. Your heart is beating. Your heart is pushing blood out into your body at 84 beats per minute. And it's so, very necessary. Go ahead. Uh, so, so, so that number, whatever that uh, the beats are per minute, um, it, does that determine like how healthy you are, um, how, uh, where you are as far in, as level of athlete? Um, I mean, if you had to give just a, a, a one word answer there, I mean, is there some? Yes. <laughs> There's the one word answer. Yes. So both of those things. Is there anything else that I'm leaving out? No, it's it's really it's about how healthy you are, how healthy your heart is. Your heart's like the engine. Your heart is like if you think about it this way, Joe. I, I've seen this example and I've heard this example before, and I've always stuck with it. Your heart is like if if you think about an air pump, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when you pump up your basketball, your bicycle tire, that basically is the same thing as your heart. What you're doing is you're forcing air into that particular object. And the harder you press down, the more air goes in to that particular object, whether it's a bike tire or a basketball. I'm just using those as two examples, a beach ball. Uh, if you go with slow, rapid movements, Joe, 
you're working harder, but you're releasing less air into that particular object. Same thing with the heart. If the heart's beating at 100 beats, 105 beats, 110 beats per minute, and that is your resting heart rate, we're going to talk about that, and it's working that much, but the the beats are rapid, but they're slight. They're not forceful because your heart is not strong. The muscles supporting your heart are not strong so that the contractions can be strong. Then that usually is a problem. And that's something that you have to get, you know, checked out. Um, your heart doesn't live twice as hard and it's not forcing the blood. And we're going to talk about this because the blood's carrying two different things that I want to talk about today. And those two different things are very important when it comes to being a healthy you or being a better athlete. If that kind of answers the question with hang in there, because we're going to talk all about that as the show goes on. The, those, the, the, that sounds like it would have something very much to do with what your blood pressure would be or blood pressure would affect that. Yeah. We're not going to talk about uh distal and, 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 and that, that all that today. Uh, we're not going to talk about ventricles. The left ventricle, you know, maybe being the one area where it's more in charge of pushing the blood out as opposed, I don't want to talk about the, the different artery. I, I don't want to talk about all that because that's more, it's more in tune with a cardiologist. And eventually when we're able to get a cardiologist on the show, the same way we get pharmacists on the show, the same way we get um, gastroenterologists on the show, um, the same way that we get clinical psychologists on the show. Eventually, we're going to find a cardiologist who's able to do that. Um, and when they are, we can talk more about that uh, as far as the genetic okay. makeup. And, and, and so when I'm guessing by what you're saying then, uh, well, actually, I kind of know this already, the lower the number uh, when it comes to your resting heart rate, the healthier you are? I would say yes. I mean, there's a danger zone in certain situations um, it all depends on the individual and what they're doing to get that heart rate lower. So in other words, if you if you have a very low heart rate, but you're a sedentary person who doesn't exercise, that could be a problem, okay? That could be your heart slowing down because it's overworking. And so that's a situation where you have to go see your doctor. Your cardiologist out there at Two Brothers Well, Mike Land, call us, text us, send us a message. So so then this this seems like it may be a, a good a good place for this when when you hear the term stroke volume when it comes to terms of 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 exercising does that correlate to what what we're talking about what what your heart rate is and 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 how your heart you were saying about your heart pumping is that go along the same lines or is that is that what you were talking about yes because stroke volume is basically um the situation where how strong your heart is and how strong the muscles are that surround your heart, they're pushing the blood out further into your body. So it's ejecting the blood forcefully into your body. So like the and, air pump, like yes. the air pump. Okay. So, you said, listen, folks, if you start pushing on an air pump now, again, we always talk about this fact, Joe, we're in audio and video. So if you're not seeing this right now, you have to visualize folks that I'm pushing on the air pump to fill up the beach ball, to fill up the bike tire. If I'm going slow, rapid movement, Joe, I'm going to get tired a lot quicker. Your heart gets tired a lot quicker. And I'm not forcing enough air into that beach ball or into that bike tire so that I could, in a, in a smaller amount of time, fill that up and be done with my job. Now, I would rather, when it comes to stroke volume, the stronger your heart is, okay, 
And the stronger the muscles are that are surrounding your heart, which can cause deeper and more forceful contractions to push the blood out where it needs to go. It needs to go to all the organs in your body, your brain, it needs to go to the tissues, and it needs to support them with two things, oxygen and nutrients. All right. Oxygen is extremely important. When you're exercising and you are losing oxygen, okay, we begin to deprive ourselves of oxygen when we're doing aerobic activity, anaerobic activity, a combination of both. Your body's ability, your heart's ability to maintain slower beats, but more forceful contractions help to maintain your oxygen levels, even in stressful situations while exercising, which is why you have um, runners, swimmers, distance swimmers, people who do triathlons, right? Triathletes, uh, anybody, uh, cyclists, right? Tour de France, people who, who enter these types of races where they are pushing the envelope when it comes to VO2 max, when it comes to being able to maintain or raise their oxygen levels, but to keep their heart rate lower, these people are in tremendous shape because their hearts are so strong. I think we even talked about this um, when uh, in the show about exercise, Joe, when I said people who study cadavers, okay, when they're doing any type of research, how did I say, I just said that in a very almost Boston accent, cadavers is what I meant yeah, today. Yep, uh, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I really went out there on a limb, but um, when you have people who study that, they'll tell you when they look at the hearts of people who have passed away that are in tremendous shape. Their hearts are always larger than people who were very sedentary in life and did not exercise and did not take care of themselves. And so that's actually a good thing for the people who exercise because the stronger your heart, the less beats per minute, but the more forceful the contraction when it comes to stroke volume and the amount of blood that it's sending out into the body to help with the nutrients, to help with the oxygen levels, right? The muscles utilize oxygen better when you have a stronger heart. So if that answers the question you're asking there about stroke volume. All right. So what about resting heart rate? Uh, I know we're talking about, you know, everything when it comes to exercise, but uh, how important is that to know as well? Well, I think that coincides with exercise as well. Um, first thing I want to say is this when it comes to resting heart rate, RHR. Uh, anybody who reads any type of medical terminology or sees it in an exercise physiology book or, or, or in a magazine, uh, uh, Muscle Fitness, when you see RHR, capital letters, that's resting heart rate. And to me, resting heart rate is like a benchmark where you can start from with, with where are you in terms of health. You asked me in the beginning of the show, you know, about a situation like this, you know, how important is it or why is it important? The first thing I want to tell you guys is this, when you measure your resting heart rate, okay, before we get into everything that it's about, when you measure your resting heart rate, Joe, I, this, there is no wrong answer. You may have the wrong answer, okay? But let me ask you a question. When do you think you should measure your resting heart rate? Um, I think the only time that I've ever done it was right after hard physical exercise to see how long it took for it to come down. Okay, so that is a diff oh, that's a different category. That's when you're trying to figure out how long does it take my body to go from my working heart rate to my resting heart rate. Yes. Uh, and obviously, over time, the better shape you get into, the less time it takes to get back down to your RHR from your WHR, right? From your okay. heart rate. Or, so, or your target heart rate to your, to your um, resting heart rate. 
if you're just looking to see how many beats per minute your heart beats every given day, the first thing in the morning when you wake up, I tell my athletes, take your resting heart rate before you even get out of bed. Have a timing device somewhere by you. Stopwatch, everybody has their phone somewhere in that general area, right? Before you start doing daily activity, Joe, because once you begin moving around, I personally don't think it's a true indication of your resting heart rate at that point in time for the rest of the day. Because you're moving around, just general everyday life situations, whatever they may be. So I like to take it right in the beginning of the morning. And obviously, there's the manual way that you could do this, folks. And that's obviously, and again, we're in video, but I'm simply taking my, my thumb and my two fingers and I'm checking at my wrist, right, Joe? And that's one way you could ch check it. Or folks, from the midline of the neck, you have your middle finger and your index finger of whichever hand you're going to use. You go just to the right or just to the left of the midline and press in at the carotid artery. And you're going to hear, not hear, but you're going to feel your heartbeat. And what I do, Joe, is I take that stopwatch or I take that phone with the timing device on it. And I go for one or two things. I go for either 10 seconds and I count or I go for 15 seconds and I count. If I go for 10 seconds and I count, whatever number I come up with, let's say I come up with um, eight. I multiply it, if I'm doing it for 10 seconds and I have eight beats in 10 seconds, I multiply it by six, right? That gives me what? One minute, Yeah, 60 seconds. If I'm doing it for 15 seconds and I come up with the number um, 12, I multiply that, or, or 15, I multiply that by four, which again gives me for one minute time. And then I know what my resting heart rate is. And the cool thing about resting heart rate is, well, not the cool thing, but just a simple fact. Once you get 18 years of age, Resting heart rate, which is the number of beats per minute that your heart beats at a very normal state, all right, an everyday state, not, not, in, not when you're working, not when you're exercising, not when you're doing heavy labor of any, any sort or any type. Um, it's when you are simply sitting there in emotionless state. You're not doing anything that's going to cause an elevation in heart rate. And, and in, that, in that moment, once you get 18 years of age, if you see a chart, anybody can Google a chart on, on heart rate and see this. You're going to see at 18 years or older, usually the resting heart rate will fall between 60 and 100 beats per minute. That's where normally you're going to see your heart rate. You're going to feel your heart rate at. That's for somebody who is, I'm not saying people, people who are in very good shape, to people that are not in very good shape, okay, that's 60 to 100. There are people out there with resting heart rates of 38 or 40 or maybe even a little bit lower or a little bit higher. These are your people who, if they're exercise enthusiasts and extreme exercise, uh, I don't want to say maniacs, make them sound like a cult, uh, but, but they are truly in the best shape of their lives. They are dedicated dedicated to exercise and well-being. You'll see these people who are, are marathon runners, cyclists, triathletes, and you'll see their resting heart rates that low, Joe, and here's why. We just talked about this in the show. Their stroke volume is magnificent. Their heart is so strong 
that it only needs to, instead of pumping at 100 beats per minute in sh shallow, rapid beats to try and get that blood to all the organs and all the tissues in the body to supply it with nutrients and oxygen, it simply can go for 40 strokes at a more forceful contraction. So it's, uh, and folks, I apologize if this sounds horrible. Uh, I am not going to try and imitate a heart and sound just like a heart. But if Joe, if you think about, if you think about this, somebody who, whose heart beats at a hundred to 105 beats per minute at a resting heart rate state, it's and it's not, it's their, their stroke volume is very low and it's not forcing the blood. So the heart is working so, so hard at getting this blood out to all the organs and the tissues in the body that that it's it's literally overworking itself and it's not achieving the goal that a stronger heart achieves. Whereas somebody whose heart beats 40 beats per minute, who is in fantastic shape, it's a bump, a bump, a bump, a bump. Okay. And so what it's doing is it doesn't have to beat as fast and it's not shallow, it's forceful and the blood is being excreted. Okay ejected into the body, to the brain, to the tissues, to the organs, where it's needed for nutrients and oxygen, to the muscles, to supply that with the needed oxygen to allow the body to operate efficiently. So that's why it's so important for your heart to be stronger. And I'm not saying, now listen to me out there, I'm not saying everybody has to be a marathon runner now and you have to have your resting heart rate at 40 beats per minute, right? If you're out there and you're resting, this is where... I bet you, see, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a guess now, okay? I'm taking a guess just from talking to doctors, uh, talking to other professional trainers. I bet you that if a trainer heard you say, well, my resting heart rate is 68, that's fantastic. I bet you if you told me your resting heart rate was 72, 73, that's great. That's great. Once you start getting up into the 90s, 95, 98, 100, that's, that's a cause for concern. Because you're going in the wrong direction in, in it's what I call the hell in a handbasket uh, uh, theory. Okay. You, you don't want to go in that direction. Uh, I just made that theory up, by the way, Joe. Literally just now. Just now. So if 10 years from now people are talking about the hell in a handbasket theory when it comes to heart rate, go back to the show. Go back to the show. Um, so that's where that's where resting heart rate is is very important, and it's I think it gives you I you and I think it gives everybody out there who's listening and watching today, or whenever you're watching and listening to us, as this show will be on forever on Two Brothers One Mike, a better understanding of why it's so important when it comes to understanding heart rate and what it does for us when our hearts are stronger rather than weaker. How's that sound? That sounds great. Um, you know, I have a couple more questions for you, but first, we're going to head off to one of our sponsors. And as soon as we come back, Coach Tony on a little bit more about heart rate. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, I know we've talked about Kitchen Apps in the past and all they have to offer in food prepping services and protein pancake mixes, but there's another great product they offer we had to let our listeners know about their own name brand seasonings. They've got a huge selection to choose from as well. Turkey, taco, tomato, basil, 
Baja Citrus Fajita, Barbecue Rub, Blackened Seasoning, as well as Steak and Meat Seasons. And that's just to name a few. You know my favorite part? Besides all of the flavors, of course, it's that they're all low sodium, made with no fillers and MSG free. Know what else is great about them? You can order them right from the Kitchen Abs website. Just go to www.kitchenabs.com. Click on store and choose the flavors of your choice. Again, that's kitchenabs.com. Now back to our podcast. And we're back. So, Tony, let me ask you a question. Target uh, or target rate during exercise. Uh, what are some things that people should know about that? So, so target heart rate. Uh, target heart rate. Yeah, target yeah. rate. Yeah. Um, so now we're, we're, we're moving away from resting heart rate and we're looking at I want to actually talk about, if I could, to get to target heart rate, I want to talk about maximum heart rate um, because people have to understand what their maximum heart rate is, and it's such a simple formula. You don't even have to put this formula into the description of the podcast. It's such a simple formula that people can find out and use in order to find what their, what their maximum heart rate is, and that is the number of beats per minute during exertion physical exertion that your heart should be at. It's based on age. And the constant number, ladies and gentlemen, is 220. 220 minus your age. So if you're looking at me, I'm 52 years old. If you take 220 minus 52, 168, 168. Oh, let's see who's right here, Joe. 220 minus... 52? Oh, you know what I did? Yeah, I did 200 minus 52. I win. No, I was right. 200 minus 52 is 148, but that wasn't the right. That wasn't the question. I said 220. You're not bad. I know, but I was right in my mind, and that's why I I feel like that's all that matters. All I know, all I know now is I just won our first math off right here on two brothers. But I wasn't working with the right numbers. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. All right, fine. Go on. Erroneous. That's what um, that's my one of my favorite lines from Wedding Crush. You want to you want to uh, play the, da- da- the the Daniel Larusso card here? That, that's the Daniel Larusso, the legal kick man. Oh, don't, don't call me Daniel Larusso. I'm I'm Cobra Kai. <laughs> Anyways, go on. I hope they're bringing Dutch back. They got to bring Dutch back in season six. So listen to me. When you talk about working heart rate or maximum heart rate, I should say you're talking about. You're talking about your maximum beats per minute under stress, right? And exercise obviously seems to be the one thing people talk about in this situation. So for me, it's 168 beats per minute because it's 220. That's the constant always minus your age. So if you're 20 years old, folks, your maximum heart rate is 200. It's that simple. Now, here's what's interesting, Joe. People who are in fantastic shape, okay? And I mean fantastic shape could at times work out for long periods of time at their maximum heart rate. For others, as you're working your way up, and this is going to come into play here when I talk about target heart rate. For others, when it comes to when it comes to making your way up to that maximum heart rate and being able to stay at that level for longer periods of time, it takes time to get there. I say as a rule of thumb, you should always start at 50%. Always. And that's where target heart rate comes into play. So I think that's a simple, a simple enough definition when it comes to maximum heart rate, right? 220 minus your age. That's the maximum number of beats per minute you should be looking at during exercise. For me, you should not stay there. Okay. 
you should then work it to a range which is what we call our target heart rate, our THR, which is initially what your question was. This gets a little bit more, it's not really even complicated, Joe. It's something that is so easy. So, and, and people out there right now, I guarantee you are saying, why don't you just, and hang on folks, okay, just just hang on. Uh, I understand we're in, we're in the, you know, 2023 in this particular episode. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, listen, I like numbers. As you can see, I just won the first two brothers, one Mike. Matt. And, and and it's my dependency on such devices that caused me to lose it. So I'm old school. I'm old school. We know this. Anybody who follows the show knows this. I'm not as bad as Johnny Lawrence and Cobra Kai, but I'm old school. Um, so target heart rate is that same number that 220 minus your age, but now you're going to put a multiplier in there. And that multiplier for target heart rate is between 0.50%, all the way up to what we like to call 0.85. So 85%. I allow my, my clients to go anywhere in between there. Some people think when I say 0.50 to 0.85, you know what they do? So what? 0 0.50, 0 0.55, 0 0.60, 0 0.65. Folks, you can go from 0 0.50 to 0 0.51, 0 0.52, 0 0.53. As you feel yourself, okay, you could feel your body. You could feel the fact that you're getting in better and better shape. Your intensity levels are higher and higher. You're able to recover a lot quicker when it comes to the intensity of the exercise. Your body is able to, your heart is able to push more blood into the into the rest of your body and supply the muscles with oxygen, supply the brain with oxygen quicker with more forceful contractions while it beats less per minute. When that starts happening, you can start increasing that that factor we're talking about, that 0 0.50. It continues to what else changes? Well, your age. 220 minus your age times your intensity level. So you know, why one minute you're 220 minus you're 30 years old, the next minute you're 45 years old. One minute you're at 0 0.50 because you're a beginner when it comes to exercise. And the next minute, which happens maybe a couple years later, you're at 0.85. You're all the way at the top in terms of your intensity level. And you're working out at 85% of your maximum heart rate. So I think if I'm, boy, and oh man, I don't, I don't have my calculator. If if my maximum heart rate was 200, Joe, and I was working out at 85% of my maximum heart rate, okay? So 200, right? Because let's say, let's say I was, let's say I was 20 years old. So 220 minus 20 years old is 200. And I am in the best shape of my life. I'm working out at 85% for longer periods of time. I think 85% of 200 is somewhere around 150, maybe a little bit more. So 150 plus, that's, that's, your, that's your target heart rate, folks. That's where you want to maintain your levels at over certain periods of time. And there's ways about doing that um, that we could talk about in a little bit, but that's how you figure out your target heart rate. So out there, uh, for anybody named... Lisa out there, or Julie, or Tom, or Mike, or Mark, and the list goes on and on. If uh, you take 220 automatically, minus your age, and some of you are 38, so you're going to use 38. Some of you are 52, so you're going to use 52. Some of you are 60, you're going to use 60. Some of you are 19 years old, you're going to use 19. You take that number and multiply it times the shape you are in. Well, how do I know what kind of shape I'm in? You know. 
you know. Now you can go to an exercise physiologist and get on the treadmill and figure that whole thing out. Or you could say to yourself, man, I can't go five minutes without having to sit down. Or man, I just went through the last two months where I'm going through these workouts like it's nothing. I need more intensity. Maybe I'm closer to 80% now. Maybe I'm closer to 85%. Or maybe I'm somewhere in between. Maybe I'm at 70% now. Let me get to that 70% level and see if I can keep my target heart rate up that high for a certain period of time. There's a way of doing all that. Um, I, I, that's really the whole theory behind target heart rate, Joe. Uh, again, some people, when they are at that resting heart rate of 38, 40 beats per minute, they can work out at their maximum heart rate for extended periods of time, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, that's not the norm, but there are people out there that are in that kind of shape dedicated to the lifestyle of fitness. Well, let me ask you a question because we're talking about things that are, you know, strengthening our heart. Uh, obviously, that's that's the great takeaway here. Uh, you know, we want to be able to do certain exercises. What would you say is, or is there a type of exercise that is the most beneficial when it comes to actually building that strength in our heart? So, uh, so I was just saying a minute ago that there are ways of doing that. Uh, and I, I guess let's just go for it right here. Um, you asked the question. Let me provide the answer. If, if you ask me, and I think a lot of exercise physiologists, per, you know, professional trainers, exercise science majors, if you're out there listening, tell me if I'm wrong. One of the best ways to strengthen your heart out there is actually a show, Joe, that we've already done a long time ago, audio only, and it was called HIT, High Intensity Interval Training. Now, when it comes to hit, there's different levels, there's different ways of doing it, and it doesn't have to be hit either. Interval training in general. Let's start with interval training. I wait, you know, I'm I'm like talking and I'm realizing now my hands are moving all over the place. That's the Italian side, I think. Or oh, to the Greek side too. The Greeks, we do this with our hands, don't we? Maybe it's just Europeans in general. We talk with our hands. If you're listening to the show, you're missing out. You're, you're completely missing out. But let's start with interval training, Joe, and then let's kind of dabble with high-intensity interval training. And maybe let's add that show into the description of this podcast for people to listen to where I talk all about HIT. Uh, it's audio, folks. It was one of our earlier shows, and you definitely will not hear us in terms of audio sounding the way we sound right now, as our audio has definitely upgraded. But the point of that show is to give you more good information or content. Uh, definitely listen to it. Interval training first. Some people say, well, what's interval training? Interval training is basically, uh, let me give you an example, Joe. And, and when I say Joe, folks, it's because I can see him and I'm talking to him, but I'm talking to everybody out there. I'm sure all of you have seen this before. Someone gets on the treadmill and sprints for 30 seconds. And then they walk for a minute and then they sprint for 30 seconds. And then they walk for a minute and then they sprint for 30 seconds. All out full sprint. You can even do the same thing on the elliptical, right? All out full intensity on the elliptical. Everything you've got for 20 seconds followed by 40 seconds to a minute to a minute and a half of just going at a slower pace to bring your target heart rate down to a certain level. And then you raise it back up again to its maximum level. And then you drop it back down to a certain level. You do these types of exercises, by the way, Joe, th these particular, these particular exercise sessions, 
20 to 30 minutes. I know when I do HIIT training, I do three different, three different things uh, because I don't want to do the same thing all the time. It gets boring, right? We talked about that before in the show. You don't want your exercise to get boring. Um, I think the one that I do is 22 minutes long because there's a two-minute warm-up right into my HIIT training. Uh, one of them is about 35 minutes long and one of them was about 45 minutes long. And the reason why it's 45 is because I'm trying to bring it down, but the intensity is so high. I've literally been bringing it down at maybe 30 seconds at a time to where I can get it to 30 minutes. It's a kettlebell workout. It's, it's, it's hit training. It's interval training with weights, which is fantastic for you. Um, but, uh, right now, you know, even, even if you're outside folks, and you sprint for 30 seconds, you know, you have your stopwatch, you stop and you begin a brisk walk for a minute. And I, some of you might be saying, I, I notice he's doing this ratio of one, one to two. It's this, wherever long you're going full burst, you then go double in terms of your resting slash, you know, semi-resting period. That's usually the rule of thumb in high intensity interval training. You're going to rest longer than you work because you're putting your body, you're depleting yourself of oxygen. You're depleting your oxygen levels in interval training immensely because you're going full go all out as hard as you can for a short period of time. You're going to need just a little more time. I'll give you an example. You get on the treadmill, okay? You put it at a three incline, Joe. And you take off and you start running into a full sprint. Little disclaimer here before I even go any further. Number one, warm up before you start doing this. What well, What is warming up? Well, we have a whole show about that. All right. Warming up and cooling down. It's I actually not that far from where HIT training was at. It's an audio only. And we talk all about warming up and dynamic warming up and what the purpose of it is and the benefits of it are. Warm up before you start to do any type of interval training or high intensity interval training. So you get on the treadmill on your warm up. You go at about a three incline. You begin into a jog and you go into a full sprint. You go into this full sprint for 20 seconds, followed by a minute off, followed by a 20 second sprint, followed by a minute off. And you do this, Joe. You work your way up over time, meaning not that day, but over time, weeks at a time. Until you can do it for, what did I just say, 20 to 30 minutes, where you're intervaling back and forth for 20 to 30 minutes. And, and the purpose of it is exactly what we talked about earlier when it comes to stroke volume, strengthening the heart to the point where you are being able to pressure to actually eject that blood with force into the body and into the muscle, and the muscle is utilizing that oxygen so much more efficiently and that, again, is why people are able to do so much endurance and strength endurance exercising over long periods of time when they've put their body through these types of workouts. Interval training is fantastic for the heart. It truly trains the heart to an extent like no other. What else, Joe, do you think you should do before you begin interval training? I would say stretch. Although stretch? Well, well there's that, and I, I, I include that in the in the dynamic warm-up, okay? Yeah. Into the, in the, but who should you consult before you even think about doing this type of exercise? Yeah, well, of course, your doctor. Yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're your physician. You, you have to make sure, that, and listen to me, folks, I don't care if you look at me and say, I lift weights, 
if you've never done this type of training, you go in there and you get your heart tested and you make sure where your resting heart rate is at and you know and 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 your blood pressure. Is this all set up and is your heart healthy enough to take on that type of training? And if your doctor doesn't know what interval training is, tell them to watch this show. I'm explaining it right now. Or no, you know what? No, tell them to watch this show. Watch any other show. You watch two brothers one mic when you're looking for what interval training is all about. So that's just one example, okay? Um, if you're going to do interval training with jump rope, Joe, speed jumps. So you're going to jump rope. This is one of my other interval trainings that I do. You're going to jump rope for 10 seconds on, 10 seconds off. 15 seconds on, as fast as you can, 15 seconds off. 20 on, 20 off. I go all the way up to a minute, and then I come back. So my resting time is equated to the time I jumped, right? 20 on, 20 off, 25 on, 25 off. Obviously, when I get to a minute and I get to my peak, to the top of the mountain, ladies and gentlemen, I come back and I begin with a minute again. That's the hardest part of that routine is when you jump for a minute as you get to the top of the mountain, you rest for a minute, you got to jump for a minute again as you begin your descent back down the mountain all the way to five seconds again. Maybe 10. It's called, it's actually 10 seconds. 10, 30, 30. So it's 10, 60, 60, 10. I go from 10 seconds to 60, 60 seconds to 10. That's interval training. So where's your heart rate at? My maximum heart rate is 168. I get my heart rate up to about 170 and I'm fine. It drops usually during the rest, Joe, to between 100 and 105. Is that your resting heart rate? No. It's still in a working heart rate mode, but it is not my resting heart rate. My resting heart rate is 66, 65, 64. I've never seen it go below that lately at all. 64 to 66, somewhere in there. But I'm not trying to go all the way back down to full body rest. I want to stay in a working mode, but I'm targeting. So you see what I'm saying? You're going 20 to 25 minutes. You're elevating your heart rate to your max, maybe a little bit above if you can. And then you're allowing it to drop back down to a certain level where you're still working. And then it's right back after it again. Let's say you're jumping, Joe, and your working heart rate, your maximum heart rate is 140. And you begin to do this particular jump rope routine. And right after you get to your minute, it's at 170 when your maximum heart rate is 140. What do you think these people should do? I would say probably take some extra time and let it come down. Extra time. Let that heart rate come down. Your heart's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. Well, then I quit it. No, you don't quit. Now, if you're dizzy, faint, if you feel sick to your stomach, yeah. Yeah, if you're blurred vision, anything like this is why you need to go talk to your doctor first. You don't go in there and go, I'm going to go 100 miles an hour like Coach Tony just said. Coach Tony was doing this and is still doing this for two years now when it comes to the jump rope. So that's just one routine. I also have a kettlebell routine I do when it comes to it. Weights and interval training is fantastic and high-intensity interval training. High-intensity interval training, Joe, we've talked about this before. At the end of your working set, you should barely be able to talk. If I'm able to talk like I'm talking right now, I have way too much oxygen, way too much oxygen left. And my heartbeat and my heart is not working to where I need it to work. And there's something worth mentioning here, too. Um you know, I, I, I did this thing uh, starting last uh, September, I think, where uh, I, I 
kind of went away from the cardio stuff and was just doing the lift heavy things, um, you know, to, to, to what I'm able to do, but you know, there's some limitations, but I was able to do it. And then I went into where I was able to do, add some hit. And now I've gone on into, uh, uh, I want to say I did like 12 weeks in one, 12 weeks in another. And now I have six weeks where I'm back to the boxing program that I was doing. And I hate to call it boxing. It, it's a shadow boxing heavy bag routine that I do. Um, and, and so, so <laughs> you would think because, you know, well, I, I'm in shape because I, I lift, you know, I was lifting. Well, when I went from lifting uh, for the 12 weeks into the 12 weeks that had hit or yeah, 12 weeks that had hit, that was a whole different animal. I mean, when, when it hit at the end of every session is, is w when you do it after you're done lifting. Um, that was, well, actually it was three times a week. It wasn't even every day of the week. It felt like a whole new, a whole new exercise. Like I'd never exercised a day of my life. Now that I'm into the boxing side of things where it is all, um, you know, it's all cardio. Uh, the lifting is, is, is mostly time under tension. So you're looking at, at lighter weights for extended periods of time. Um, I don't even think you count reps on it. It's a whole other animal. So I'm just saying, even if you're working out, every time you start something new, you start new. Like you cannot go in it, uh, uh, like you were saying, with the idea that, well, I've been lifting for 10 years. Yes, but have you been running for 10 years? You know, so to to think that you're just going to jump on a treadmill because, you know, you've, you've picked up heavy things and you've, you know, you have these massive legs. That doesn't mean that you could run your 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 lung capacity, your heart, and everything else that goes along with that is probably not ready for that sort of thing. So you know, again, like I said, as my workouts change, I'm realizing every time it feels like I went from, and this is, I mean, this makes enough sense. But but you know, I, I was doing the lifting thing, mm -hmm. and my first week into the the boxing. My shoulders, it felt like I never lifted a weight in my life. My shoulders, my lats, my my upper delts, everything was just, I mean, on fire for the whole week because I was just not used to throwing the punches. I wasn't used to hitting bags. I wasn't used to, you know, I have a double M bag as well. I wasn't used to it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little better now. Um, but that's even after, I think I completed that program seven times. But after not doing it in eight months, it took eight months. And in eight months, it, it's it's like the first time I ever did it. Yeah. Um, and by boxing is, man, I'll tell you what, boxing is a fantastic um, interval training exercise, especially if you have the the timer. I know that a lot of people have the apps on their phone. Some people right. actually buy that timer where it times you in the rounds and you're throwing different types of punches and different types of, uh, of movements. I, I strongly urge people to do this uh, in the parts of the intervals where you're not hitting a heavy bag, maybe where you're just actually moving and punching, put five pound dumbbells in your hands uh, and do whatever it is, whether it's hit, hit, uppercut, you know, cross, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, folks, I, I just, I just went into that, into that motion. I almost, do I, how do I look when I, I mean, I, I, do I look like I could get in the ring with. Sure. Uh, you want to be careful though with any any pound weights that you're throwing here because you'd be surprised when you first start off. That's not something you really want to mess around with. Um, your wrists, you have so many little tendons and things in your hands, and that's that's you know you have to be careful when you're throwing punches with that weight. Yeah, even it, well, I, I've done it with two pounds, 
with two pound weights. Oh, yeah, in fact, sure. I bought them for that, and and you'd be surprised how sore my wrist all the way up to my knuckles were just from because you're gripping those so tight. And literally in boxing, half the time you're not even you don't even clench your fist until contact. The whole thing, your hand is loose until until you hit. So you know when you have these dumbbells and you're just clenching the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my hands were killing me. Um. You know, and, and even even like today was a heavy bag session. Um, it was a half hour heavy bag session. And uh, uh, Tony, we had talked about this before. There's a, a device called a quiet punch. Um, that's the double M bag that I have. The one that it hooks up in the doorway. Uh, yeah. And you were telling me about the kid and you're, you messaged me about it. I'm like, yeah, I already have one of those. Um, and yeah, the, it, it's a phenomenal, a phenomenal tool to have. But in his app, there's a, a heavy bag routine that you can do. And literally, you just kind of keep up with them. He's calling out the numbers. You learn the numbers with your punches, and you're just kind of keeping up with him. And by the end of it, it was like 27 minutes straight, and you throw like over 2,000 punches. But it's different when you're hitting a bag as opposed to just swinging it, swinging hands or swinging arms. You know, yeah. the whole other animal when you start hitting things. So, you know, again, it, 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 it's just to say I, I did this program like, six or so so well when is that 36 37 i mean i did it well over a year uh and then i started you know with the lift lift more and well lift four and then lift more all beach body um and of course 10 rounds is also beach body but that's the the name of the program so you know again it's like i just started all over again well and like i said there's so many different things that you could do when it comes to interval training i mean i've seen the boxing where you go, folks, it's not where you just have to do one exercise. You could do a, you know, like high intensity interval training or just interval training where, well, I, I like to think more of the high intensity interval training where you go from station to station. So the boxing where you're throwing nothing but hooks and jabs and hitting the bag, and then you are uh, you go right from there to grabbing the jump rope. Yep. And now you're jumping rope for a minute, and then you go right from there do to kettlebell body, swings. Yeah. Body weight yeah. squats. Uh, there's yeah. one where where you're doing it's stance dance, uh, which is you know where you always see the boxers yeah, with her. The, yeah, 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 shuffle. Yeah, you do yeah. the stance dance from left to right, right to left, and then you go into a, a, a lunge and then a knee drive, and then stance dance lunge knee drive, and you're doing that. You, it starts off you do stance dance for a minute, then you do the lunge the the squat lunge for a minute, and then the third minute you stance dance. Do a squat lunge. <laughs> you put it all together. So for right. three minutes straight, you're doing you know nothing but but high cardio. I mean that I mean, they work your legs. I mean you'd be surprised. Everything uh, uh, with with all of these programs, it starts from the ground up, and and you'd be surprised how much strength you have to have in your legs to ha actually be able to throw a punch, throw it correctly, throw it effectively. But again, yeah. you know it, it's it's it's. I, I I don't want to put it out to like now. Nah, I know how to fight. They train you this. They're going to be looking for you. They're going to be yeah, looking for you on the. And then, like I, yeah, I'm not trying to act like I'm like I'm you know some big yeah. No, I I do enjoy the the sport. I I've never been in a ring. We've talked about this before. Now, folks, see what I'm talking about. Don't want to ruin this. I don't want to ruin this. My wife doesn't want me to ruin this. And uh, the grays that are coming in on the sides of my head, they're there for a reason. Things will hurt if I get hit. I'm not doing any of that, and I'm not trying to profess to be any sort of crazy boxer. I do enjoy it, and at the same time, um, I love the training. the The training uh, for it is, it, for me, 
is enjoyable because I love the sport. It's probably the only one of the only sports that 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 I'm really into, um, and so I just run with it. Yeah, I, I keep in mind this too, folks. Interval training, high intensity interval training. I think a lot of times people just think aerobic. It's very anaerobic. Also, you can gain lean muscle tissue easily doing these types of things. Joe was just talking about, you know, the the body weight squats. You can do goblet squats with a with a kettlebell with a dumbbell in interval training. You can do push ups. You could do weighted push ups. You could you could add dumbbells to your to your high intensity interval training. It's all about keeping yourself your heart rate elevated at a certain level, a target rate where you want to be at for a certain period of time, followed by a period of rest. The ratio usually is one to two. Sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit less, depending on your fitness level. And you only do this literally if you can get a 20-minute workout in to a 30-minute workout in. You know, sometimes they go 35, 40 minutes tops. And again, like we said, there's some people out there that can work their maximum heart rate that we talked about earlier in the show for an hour. Um, that's a fitness level beyond belief right there. I mean, you're, you are dedicated to a lifestyle fitness for sure. So hopefully today... Minus, you know, having a medical professional on just from a trainer standpoint, you understand where I'm coming from. And Joe gave a lot of great examples on what he does when it comes to interval training and what it's done for him. If you listen to the show on high intensity interval training that he's going to include in the description of this podcast, we talk about a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a ton of other benefits, okay, that that provides not just to strengthen your heart, but Weight loss, everybody's ears go up when you say that. Weight loss is a byproduct of high-intensity training, uh, interval training, interval training. So maybe something you want to listen to and, and start to add to your your regimen out there for sure. Yeah, uh, I think one of, the, one of the other nice things too about it is every time uh, you get to a point, especially with HIT, I mean, yeah, you could always add a minute to it, but, but another thing, um, stretch bands. Stretch bands are a wonderful tool to be able to sure. add to the intensity of it as well. So, and that's something else that 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 you do as you progress through the programs as well. So it's pretty cool. But all right, well, is there anything else? Yeah, there's that- two things left. There are two things left I want to talk about real quick. Oh, okay. um, first of all, uh, you kind of pointed to your wrist earlier. Sometimes we do this like we'll we'll say we're going to talk about something in the show. Yeah, I'll yeah. listen to the show. We never talk about it again. When yeah. people out there even know that that's what we're doing, you know, I don't know. We're, I feel like I, by the I end of the show, like, they're like, "Thank God that's over." <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? They're like, "Wow, that's no, it. No. I gotta wait till next." On one. to the next, on to the next episode is what I need. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I I just had a I just had a Dr. Dre moment. The the next the next episode that was uh, off the Chronicles, wasn't it? I. That's a nineties moment I had there. That was no, eighties moment. No, that 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 would be the chronic. But go ahead. What did I call it? <laughs> the chronic. No, what's that? Oh, nine. Yeah. What was I thinking <laughs> there? The I chronic. Nineties <laughs> people. My apologies. I mean, and he's one of my favorite rappers. And there I go. I call it the chron. What did I call it? The chronicles. The chronicles. I'll never live that. Down. I don't know if I can ever live that down. I hope no. No, I don't think you will. Uh, I don't think you will. <laughs> Chronicles of Nanya. That was one of my favorite. I I used to love the Chronicles of Nanya. The Chronic. Um, Snoop Dogg. Dr. Dre. Can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong. See, I'm giving the '90s some love there. But we we're talking about the wrist, right? Yes. You're pointing to it, and 
I understand that, folks. It's easy to find your target heart rate and your working heart rate and your maximum heart rate and your resting heart rate. Just by putting it here, I have a Fitbit right over there. I've never even used it. It's still in the box. Anybody want it? $100. Um, and it's just because I don't do that. I, I just, I do this and I look at the clock and I watch second hand. And I'm like, okay, that's where I'm at right now. Um, it's just me. Everybody's different. But I see everybody around me, though, in the gym, you know, they're, they're checking that watch. They're checking, you know, that are not even, well, if you're checking the watch, you're not even doing that. Um, but so you could do it either way. There's all so many different devices out there. Joe, what do you have? What do you use right there on your wrist? My, my Apple watch. Um, okay. You know, I just like the idea of, again, you don't even have to stop to, to check it. You just look down and see where you're at. Right, right yeah. in mid stride. You can just look down and see where you're at. Still in yeah. the box. I don't even know how she, this she's going to try. With the, the, the pub, those, those kind so, of. So, Tony Stone's around a lot of churches right now, is what that is. So, so this is me. I'm on Do Not Disturb, yet my roommate thinks he's going to still call me to let me know the Wi Fi is working again. Obviously, we already know that, Dennis, because we're doing a podcast right yeah. now. Uh, I just put him on silent. He probably didn't like that. Um, by the way, he will be on the show uh, yeah. and not too long from now as my roommate, uh, who has been a colleague of mine. We're up here working for General Motors, but uh, he's also a colleague of mine, a professional trainer and a professional uh, when it comes to a certified Olympic weightlifting coach. We're going to talk all about Olympic weightlifting with Coach Dennis. And uh, he's going to give us some great information. He has been my teacher when it comes to Olympic weightlifting from day one. Not only my colleague, but a mentor of mine as well. Um, well that was perfect timing, Dennis, calling me right in the middle of this show. Um, so we understand that you could do it manually or you can go with technology. Technology is always easier. Not only, does it, not only is it nice to have that, because you can also then, what, upload it and have that sure. saved so you can track your working heart rate, your target heart rate over time. So I get that. I completely get that. That's phenomenal. I think the one that you have there is is mainly just for your uh, pedometer. It's just for for steps. Now they have the newer version. Fitbit has the newest versions where they they take your heart rate as well. But uh, uh, you know, th there was a point in time where everybody was just looking to get their steps in, and that was a big thing. And, and you know what? I mean, whatever encourages you to get out of the house and get moving, I, I've nothing wrong with that being a starting point. Sure. But you know, when we're talking about this other stuff, obviously it's a little bit a little bit more involved. Um, when you're looking at heart rate and what have you, when it comes to exercise, uh, yeah. you know, then again, if you're somebody who's just starting out, maybe you're slightly overweight, maybe you're a lot of overweight, whichever, maybe heart rate is something you want on your Fitbit, um, you know, other than naturally you stop and you want to, you know, do, do it. But there you go. You're outside. Maybe you don't have a clock. Although, although I think. They are clocks, but there's there's no second hand on them, so you still wouldn't be you still wouldn't know what you were doing as far as your heart rate. I know this is your end of the show right here. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, so yeah, you know things. Yeah, again, I I like the Apple Watch. I like the idea that even if I'm in mid stride, I don't have to stop and do this and all. That. I can just look down and be like, oh, I'm in the okay, I'm in the zone. Let me. Yeah, it literally uh, it goes off of your weight, your height, your age, the whole nine, and figures out what your target should be, uh, and. I mean, you could do the 220 rule and make sure that it's it's in sync with where it should be. Uh, they're 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 scary accurate, really. Um, and it literally, uh, uh, the number will be one of three different colors. It's either uh, I think it's like white, green, and red. 
Uh, there might be a yellow in there too. Obviously, as you get too far up or get high close to that max, the 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 number turns more towards the red red zone, and you know to slow down. So, I mean, it even takes reading the number out of the equation. Um, again, anything that's that that's easier, I I prefer, especially when it comes to that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and again, there's so many benefits that come with that. Uh, I and and I'm not going to say what I almost said just now. Uh, that being said, yeah, that would completely take away from everything we just talked about on today's show, which was a very important show. And and if there's one thing you've taken from this show today, I hope it's the fact that you understand that the heart is the most important muscle in your body that you have to take care of. Uh, your biceps and your quads aren't going to help you if your heart is not functioning the way you need it to function. You can make your heart function at its maximum potential if you work it. And the first thing you got to do is talk to your physician and make sure that your heart is healthy enough for the type of training that we just spoke about here on Two Brothers, One Mike. Joe, you know, heart rate goes up uh, with exercise. That's what this show is all about. Shows about other things too. What? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a situation where your heart rate has gone up and had nothing to do with exercise? Yeah, I mean, you know, you go to a birthday party uh, or surprise birthday party. Um, I'm sure there's there's uh, different movies you might watch or something along those lines that that, that yeah. get the heart rate going. You know, maybe like a, a you know some action packed movie that you're watching. Yeah, I, I would I would say, let me tell you something, Scary, a, a good scary movie will elevate my heart rate. I've never, I always wanted to do this. I wanted to take my heart rate during, now, now scary movies back in the day, okay, we thought they were so, uh, all my all my Generation X out there, you can't tell me that Nightmare on Elm Street didn't freak you out beyond belief. And it was, it was the music. It was, that, that music until this day, I, I I'm not talking about watching a movie. When that music starts playing, that 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 freaks me out, especially the little girls singing in the background. Yeah, little girls uh, in white dresses singing. That that's always freaky. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's like a dream you're having. Sure. And when I think the movie came out when I was 14, so you were probably between 10 and 11 years old when Nightmare on Elm Street came out. That movie scared the you know what out of everybody. And and. I just watched it about a year ago, and I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand what what was the. Now, I literally you, just watched it and went, I can't believe I thought this was scary. What did uh, it? What 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 ruined it for me was when I found out who Freddie was, you know, and and, and because prior to that, the only thing that I had seen prior to that was was him as Willie in 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 the the TV miniseries many years ago. Yeah. Me. And, and that was it. And as soon as I found out he was Willie, I'm like, really? <laughs> That's not, he's not I scary. Mean, and by, by, by part three, you started rooting for Freddie. Well, I got, I started getting irritated when he fought Jason, like in part, when I, I, that got out of hand. Oh, no, no, no. But, that was, that was just a, 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 its own thing that had nothing to do. And that is another thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know. But the first, I watched the first one and, and I, it's, it's, it's nostalgia, right? It, it, but if you watch these scary movies today, oh, they are way, I mean, you want to talk about elevated heart rate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where they're coming up with some of this stuff today, man. It is really. Let me, I, let me ask you a question, Tony. You, you have Netflix? I do. 
there is a movie, there's a TV, okay, it's a series, all right, and it's called The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. I feel like I've, I, I feel like I've seen, I haven't seen it, but I saw it on Netflix, like, yeah, I, I I I I highly recommend it. When you get to the episode, and you'll know it when you see it. Yeah, yeah. The guy has a way of doing things here, I, I, and I could say this without ruining anything. The way that they put this movie together, a jump scare typically works like this: the guy's going up to the door, the music's getting more intense. He opens the door. Nothing's there. And the music stops, and then, boo, whatever it is, boo. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's the way it usually works. Not in Hill House. No, no. In Hill House, it goes, and the emotion's going, and the emotion's going, and he gets it all the way to the very top, and then the jump scare. And you don't know what to do with yourself. The one that I'm referring to, anybody who's watching this that has ever seen, they already know what I'm talking about. Because there is one main one that I... I was sitting in my office chair watching this on the computer. I flipped off the back of the chair. It was the most, my Did wife. Did you take your heart rate? Did you take your heart rate? That's I what I'm looking for. I didn't need to. <laughs> I needed to make sure it was one in my body still and two still beating. Okay. It was the most intense. I think my wife, two years later, is watching this. She's laying down. She's laying down like there's nothing. And when it happens, she almost flew off the couch. I just don't know how to explain it to you. So, and you'll never see it coming. It's the craziest because it wouldn't be a good, it wouldn't be a good jump, uh, a jump scare. But I guarantee it to you, you watch that and you watch it and you'll know exactly the precise moment I'm speaking of when it happens. Well, I'll be, highly sleeping, recommend. I'll be sleeping at the apartment with all my lights, uh, all the lights will be on. This place will look like Vegas. I'm telling uh, you that that but that goes to say, like you were just saying, the way that they make them now, it isn't like when we were kids. When we were kids, it was all, you know, slasher and blood and you know And we thought like I thought Friday the thirteenth. Talk about elevated heart rate. I thought Friday the thirteenth was the scariest thing in the world. We weren't even allowed to watch Friday the thirteenth. That was I feel scene. like there's there, there's so much going on right now in the movie industry when it comes to horror movies that it's it's being done almost purposely uh to kind of make people callous and kind of not really bad an eye toward certain subject matter we'll get into that later on in the season i'm sure but i i really believe that in fact there's a a show out right now that it's starting to make it's starting to make some headway um uh, some headlines people are really starting to pay it's called nefarious and uh, uh, I, I don't want to get too far into that yet, either because I'm nefarious. If you could look up, you just look up the trailer, um, and you'll see what it's about. And it deals a lot with that kind of the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Okay, you know, and, and so you have to. There's there's more to this whole thing, but anyways, anyways, we're talking about heart rate and horror movies, and yeah. So I was a huge Freddy Krueger fan. Um, that was like Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know what happened. I ended up totally obsessed. And then, uh, I, I don't know. It just, it stopped being scary at some point. It's weird. You get older, the things aren't. Listen, remember Johnny Dangerously? Of course, Michael Keaton. Absolutely hilarious, right? Yeah, I believe what? so. Watch it now. Dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. 
I, I'm like, I'm going to show Cindy and you know, they're going to get to that one part with the wheelbarrow and everything. Right. And it's going to be hilarious. I got to, and I'm just like, oh my God, I feel like such an idiot for you to watch this. I can't stand it. She's like, this is the dumbest movie ever. Every yeah. one liner that we, every one liner that we, that we remembered and we thought were so funny as kids. It's the dumbest think, movie ever. Yeah. I think it's just how far along it's evolved since then. But we are, we're, the, the child in us is still, you know, but there are some movies that, that are classics that have stood the test of time. The Breakfast Club stands the test sure, of time. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Caddyshack stands the test of time. Sure. Um, uh, Stripes. Um, uh, Fletch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Every ch- yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say uh, Beverly Hills Cop or or um, for another 48, 48 Hours with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Uh, most all Eddie Murphy movies stand the test of time from when he was younger. Um, I mean, so you you have the, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, if we're just going to, I mean, we went off the cuff there at the end, which is some things that we'll do at times. Um, but I, I mean, it, it, I, I really, I think I'm going to try and watch this. What is it called again? The Haunting on the Hill? The Haunting on the Hill. Haunting of Hill House. Wow, well, well, I was way off. The Haunting of Hill House, and I, I really, I think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to monitor my heart rate, uh, and I just want to see where it go from intense. sixty from sixty five to what during some of them scenes. I'm telling you, it's it, it's it is intense. I mean, where you get to the scary part to it, and it's it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's scary, like suspenseful. You know, a lot of times you get to a scary movie or whatever, you you like you you're. You're doing this thing, right? You're not looking at the screen the whole time. You're like, oh, yeah. oh what's going to happen? You don't know what's going to happen. This is like you're glued to it. Like, it's it, what's going to happen. Like, you, it, they, <laughs> it was so well written, directed, produced the whole night. I mean, and the actors that, oh, by the way, Elliot from E.T. Yeah. Is is the main guy in it. Elliot's in it. Elliot. Oh, uh, my God. That's, yeah. This is, wait, is that his first? This got to be his first movie since E.T.? The only other time I've seen him is the commercial where E.T. comes back. Uh, if you've seen that commercial and Elliot's older now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, only, it, that's the last time I've seen him. Yeah. this, this I, I don't know that I've seen him in anything else. Um, but yeah, he is he is the first uh, one. And um, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the series You. Oh, Joe. No. <laughs> Joe's crazy. So if you've seen his, the, the, the later episodes or the later seasons that I don't watch it, but I know that the one girl, his girlfriend, his crazy girlfriend, uh, she's actually one of the main actresses in it as well. Okay. And she it plays play. a very intriguing role in you. Yeah. She's, she's, she's good. She's really good in this one. So, you know, enjoy it. I'm telling you, it's a really good, uh, uh, good show. Um, they put together a couple more series since then, a uh, little different, but, but still, Still fun to watch for sure. Not not as scary, but uh, definitely Haunting of Hill House, and you will you will absolutely binge it. Absolutely. All right, done deal. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get to that, but it's a done deal. I got a lot going on right now, uh, but I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna check my heart rate, folks. I want everybody out there to do that. Something to get. I don't care if it's sporting events. I don't care what it is. Uh, if your team's in a championship game, check your heart rate. See what happens. 
does it elevate or does it elevate to during that type of you know situation where something that is extremely scary or exciting or anything like that i think that's uh interesting we'll look at some studies and see if they've ever done any type of research like that yeah i'm curious to see i'm curious to see what they what they come up with with your recovery rate too on that imagine you know imagine like um astronauts get when they're getting ready to go into space yeah sure i wonder how that works you know um as far as their heart rate when they're on a mission out there um, I know they keep track of their heart rates when they're out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like if you can remember in the movie Armageddon, when the very beginning that guy's out in space and he's trying to finish up whatever it is they're doing and the guy gets on and says, hey, I'll give you a buffalo nickel if you just calm down a little bit because they're watching his, his meds right on the screen and his heart rate's starting to elevate really high. Um, so I always wonder, you know, like that that's just crazy the way... Um, you're in situations like that when a plane takes off where do your heart rates go i gotta remember to like try and check my heart rate during situations like that to see what happens i never really paid attention before it's kind of crazy but, yeah. yeah i usually the airplane thing i usually stay pretty pretty mellow i i you know the first time i flew was when we went to our anniversary and uh, uh in jamaica that's a whole other story to tell but anyways uh we had a connecting flight so my first time on was like we had to fly from Cleveland to, New, uh, to North Carolina and then from North Carolina out to Jamaica. So connecting flights everywhere. I, I flew, when, my first time I flew, I flew six, six moving flights. Um, wait, to be, nope, oh, that'd, to be four, four. that'd be four. Uh, well, no, no, I'm, I'm, uh, beyond that one. Oh yeah, the boss, uh, that's true. Yeah, no, no, no. So um, uh, I just, while I, we were in the air, I more or less looked around and, you know, you, you could tell who the seasoned people were. Usually those were the ones who had the newspaper open while while you were gone. They were relaxed up. And it was like, if anything, any bump, any anything, I just watched them. If they're still reading their paper, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I they're still reading their paper. If one of them start freaking out, well, that's that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you know, it's supposed to be something that happens all the time. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would like to um, monitor. I think I'm going to monitor my heart rate in those types of situations and see what happens if it elevates or if it just stays the same. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm think- actually- <laughs> All right. Well, it's probably time to wrap this one up. So wrap it up. <laughs> all right. Well, until next week, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or opinions, you can leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. All right, everybody. We hope you did honestly get a lot of uh, of great information here. There was a lot of content in today's show. A little bit off the cuff at the end. But, hey, try that out. See what happens. Joe, let me ask you a question. Tell me. I mean, mean, like, we're talking. Hit, hit, hit. I mean, I, I almost look like I could be in the ring right now. I mean, I don't really, I almost look, I almost look at like, I mean, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. Mike Tyson. Can't remember the guy's name. Can't remember it at all. Sugar Ray Leonard, maybe? I almost, I mean, I, I'm throwing, I, I feel like I'm.